Good evening, you are listening to Three Moves Ahead, and I'm your host, Rob Zachney. Tonight, we welcome back our friend, freelance writer, John Bolding. Howdy, howdy. TJ's here, too. Uh, yeah, I'm not anybody's <laughs> friend, unfortunately. No, uh, actually, TJ, you're the reason we're all here. Uh, you are the one who, who brought us together. You finally, <laughs> you finally put this on the schedule after we've been kicking it around for ages. Um, we did our best. We tried to get a full panel. Uh, couldn't quite make all the time zones and uh, schedules work out, uh, which is the problem as Three Moves Ahead has started to shift across every possible configuration of time zones. Uh, I'm just, I'm telling you, it's we need to just organize a strategy writers commune in like Montana or something. That's the way. It that needs is to my go. retirement plan is <laughs> to get you all to come up here into like you know the northern Appalachians and uh, you know I'll be just, down for that. Just sort of hang out there. Can we can we compromise somewhere in the middle because it snows and that just I just I can't do it. Oh, see, I gotta I gotta have my snow. Yeah, come on, man. Like. <laughs> Imagine, like, you know what? Right now I've got the house, like, sealed up because it's just too cold. And the air's too fresh, John. I just had to do it. I'm wearing a sweater. Uh, and I am, like, perfectly comfortable inside. Does it get better than that? I don't think so. I had I had to get a sweater today. I had to get sweater and pants. It was terrible. It's awful. <laughs> I just, I will never understand uh, you folks who live live in the South, particularly in the more swampy environs of the south uh north carolina is about as far as i can go i once spent a week in tallahassee and i regarded that as one of the least humane environments i've ever encountered it's it's inhospitable to human life admittedly it's also tallahassee for for reasons other than it being tallahassee it's brutal uh yeah uh i suppose like no wonder they're all in they're they're all so far into college college football uh yeah you you would do that much math too yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so today we are going to be discussing Two Point Hospital from Two Point Studios, uh, which is, uh, you know, I guess the, the correct way to put it is like sort of a successor to Theme Hospital, which is something that means a great deal to some people, but I'm not one of those people. This is my first, this is my first hospital administration sim. Uh, so I, I'm curious, did any of y'all like mess around with theme hospital back in the day? Did, was that, was this a game that was on your radars? It wasn't actually. Um, I went like when, when people were so excited about this, I went and looked at it and learned about it though. Um, yeah, it's I, a fascinating little game. I totally missed it too. I mean, I, I, played like a lot of other tycoon type games around the time the same time but i never missed theme it actually seems like uk people were more into it which is why uh why we tried to wrangle fraser in for this but yeah it seems like most of my uk journal buddies know theme hospital and are like that was my shit and uh, it's been one of the weirdest things right is that like in the U.S., like Two Point Hospital, people are like, "Oh, this is a nifty little thing," and then uh-huh. like, UK press is just like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, drop what you're yeah. doing. Uh, it's a new theme hospital. Uh, so, TJ, why don't you set up a little bit what this is? Uh, you know what, like, it's you know it's a management game, uh, but but what in particular are you managing here? Yeah, so it's it's all this kind of um, diagnosis treatment pipeline is kind of the the core axis of everything. So you have to you get your hospital set up, and like every patient that comes in has uh, a sequence of things that they have to do to be successfully cured, and you know to get you your money and to get them out the door happy. Um, you know they have to have somewhere to check in. They have to have you know usually go to like a general practitioner. And then there's like advanced diagnostic facilities you can build if you can't figure out what's wrong with them. And then once you know what's wrong with them, either, you know, they're going to go over to the pharmacy and, and, you know, get some, you know, go-go juice or whatever and be fine. Or they might have to go through some kind of like elaborate specialist procedure that has its whole own room with some like really kind of funny over-the-top animations for a lot of them. Um, So, yeah, it's, it's, it's this... This puzzle of uh, using space is a big part of it because every level you only have a limited amount of room to fit in all these different facilities and you need, you know, bathrooms and break rooms for the employees and you can eventually add like a cafeteria and stuff um, to get as many people 
healthy and out of your building as possible. Yeah, I think one of the things that I was really unprepared for with this game is that um, this seems like a lot more of a, I don't know, the way I guess the way to put it, I was like architectural Tetris in some yeah. ways. Like so much of this game is about the footprint of the facility you have, uh, the sort of workflows and pathing you've created within your hospital. And there was never a point where I ever like there's almost no layout I ever felt really comfortable or where I ever really mm -hmm. felt that it was optimized I always felt like I had one room that was like awkwardly large or uh, you know another setup that had just kind of wasted some of my available floor space and like this is this is a game where like literally the game is broken up into those big these, these big tiles it's like each tile is like the size of a phone booth um and like things are so dense that like if you can get like four or six tiles together that's effectively a room you can use for for treatment uh but mm -hmm. the game delights in giving you these sort of awkwardly shaped uh you know hospitals uh weird little passages and then yeah. there are a lot of rooms that are like absolutely critical for treating certain conditions uh that have their own unusual like footprint requirements and so this is a the way I'll put, I'll put it this way the thing that always derails me in city skylines is when i look at my highway layout and i'm like that could be better that could be more <laughs> optimal <laughs> and this is the game that is entirely about that and it has the same effects like the minute i'm like mm, i'm not just going to expand this hospital i'm going to rework the entire layout yeah, I just I just fucking crater that place so quickly. Like <laughs> oh, I yeah. go from running a modern facility to basically like a 19th century bedlam. Yeah. Yes, and so that that's one of the things I think is great about this game is you constantly want to improve on your use of space, but the strategic layer is difficult enough or rich enough that uh, it's actually hard to do that. Whereas in cities, it's like, yeah, okay, I got enough money. I'm just going to bulldoze this entire district and lay out a new highway. Two-point hospital doesn't give you that option. You are strapped for cash a lot of the time, and that is really enjoyable. Yeah, and like some of the some of the facility layouts, like it really, you you kind of feel like they're trolling you sometimes. Like, oh, they absolutely can, are trolling. What you. can I fit in this? What can I fit in this little corridor? Absolutely nothing. You can fit absolutely nothing here. Thank you for paying $35,000 for this useless building uh, that can, can fit maybe a bathroom and a couple GP offices. But the, the interesting thing I found is that um, up to the point, like the first few scenarios that they give you are pretty free form. And I was building these like extremely utilitarian, like, brutalist kind of you know everything is as optimized for space as it can possibly be kind of facilities and then you get to some of the later ones where they have a hospital already set up for you and in terms of efficient use of space they're garbage but then i was like well wait like my mind opened up a little bit it's like wait i can just i can just build a hospital that looks cool because i like it and i i want it i want it to look nice and have everything be, you know, in kind of a logical place and not worry so much about whether I'm getting the, the maximum, like, PPO profit out of every single tile in my uh, in my building. And that's kind of the play style I transitioned to is like, I'm just going to I'm going to just crank the efficiency dial down a little bit and crank the just make a cool looking hospital dial up a little bit. And I actually found I had more fun with it after that. Even though, as as John said, you know it's it's not a super easy game. You do have to pay attention, or you'll, you know, go bankrupt. Well, that is the strongest argument for socialized healthcare I've ever heard. Uh, I think we can <laughs> think we can wrap that debate up right there. Uh, you know, the layouts are better. It's more relaxed, chiller sort of yeah. hospital. Uh, you, you get at yeah. the end of it. Meanwhile, I was like, I was completely like. You know, robber baroning uh, my my <laughs> hospitals. Like I was like, if I see a line of more than two people at the reception desk, somebody is getting fired. <laughs> uh, and so, like, I became really obsessed with just having these really, um, 
like you know i mean this is this is a known this is a known zach issue on this show i love logistics too much i became really like i would get way too fixated on like slick um patient flows routing people from intake to the gp's office to uh, advanced diagnostics or treatment facilities and then rotating them all through it beautifully i want it to be like a clockwork machine yeah you want like the the input you want an input and output right like when you're playing this game you're like yeah okay this this is reception it's got these beautifully designed waiting areas here's diagnosis they'll move through diagnosis into treatment well and where it gets really like devilish is it's so hard to anticipate need because one of the things that comes up in this game is um so you're going to see, especially at, like in those opening stages, they begin introducing more like ailments to you, right? So the first pe- like the first levels are going to be basically people coming in that can be treated in a GP's office. Uh, they go from a GP's office to a pharmacy and they're done. You've 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 handled them. But later you start getting more complicated cases, and more importantly, sometimes they come in waves, right? You'll you'll get news that like, oh, there is an outbreak of this disease. You are suddenly going to see uh, a ton of um, like lightheadedness cases. And I should warn you, I think people are good. I think the sense of humor this game is, has is going to be a little bit divisive. Um, and I don't know, I'm not even sure it's a deal breaker. I was going to say, like, well, you, you better really get with the humor of this game. I really didn't, and I still really enjoyed the game. Like, eventually, everything sort of becomes a bit Matrix-like. It's all just, you st- you just, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, you, uh, you stop seeing the numbers. Uh, but it's almost in reverse. Like, you, all you see is the numbers. All you see is the flow. All you see is the pattern. And so, for me, a lot of these sort of cutesy theming in this game did nothing for me. And when I thought about it for any length of time, sometimes I would find it really grating. For instance, the cases of lightheadedness are literally people come in and their head is a light. Get it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I uh, like it. Uh, uh. It's like a neurological problem, but not because <laughs> their head is a light bulb. It's true. And you have to take them into a room where the, I don't remember what the name of the machine is called. It blocked a lot of this stuff out, but it's a big, <laughs> it's a big screw and it takes their light bulb head off and yanks their real head out and they're cured. And that's very silly, but the complicating factor here is this. There are some things that every patient is going to pass through. Just about every patient is going to pass through intake. Every patient's going to pass through the GP's office. But they're not all going to hit that lightheadedness treatment room. Mm-hmm. So how many do you need? Probably at most one, because you're only going to be seeing so many cases of this. It's not going to be. It's not going to be something that like is going to service a huge percentage of your patients, except for those moments when you have an outbreak, and then suddenly one isn't quite enough. And unless you're, or maybe one would be enough if you're, if the rest of your pipeline were really buttoned up, but it's just it's not. super fast. And so, yeah. And so what ends up happening is people start dying in your hospital and that's not good for anyone, especially because again, this game, uh, your hospital becomes haunted. Yes. Which, they turn into ghosts. And there's a certain, like you need advanced janitors. And they're yeah. rolling up and down the halls, spooking the shit out of patients who are, you know, like in line for their thing. They leap off the bench and run away. Meanwhile, while they're away, the doctor in the room goes on break. So by the time they get back, they haven't been yeah. treated for a day and a half, leading them to also die. And the ghosts are leaving ectoplasm everywhere. Like it's that well, and- that entertains the shit out of me because of the way it plays directly into the management and logistics of it. Mm-hmm. Like you, you messed up the chain, and so. Instead of kind of giving you a more somber result, I guess, yeah, like it just throws a chaos bomb into what's going on at your hospital. Yeah, the one that always tripped me up is psychiatry because psychiatry, uh, the psychiatrist can serve a diagnostic role, but then there's also certain diseases that can only be cured by a psychiatrist. 
Right. And as far as I could figure out, there was never a way to like say, I don't want this particular psychiatrist office to ever handle diagnosis at all. Like, so, you know, I would get these people with other stuff that would get backed up going to the psychiatrist for a diagnosis and I'd have an outbreak of something that required a psychiatrist and all these people are already in the queue and there wasn't really a way to, you know, say, hey, can you guys maybe go over to radiology and see if they can figure out what's wrong with you because we need this room for other stuff right now. Yeah, the GP's office is sometimes just like, the guy hits the GP's office, the GP's like, I don't know what's wrong with you and they just spit them at a random other open diagnosis room. Yeah, and, and sometimes it's the psychiatry or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things I think is actually really good in the the logistics management sim side of this game is that multi-purpose rooms exist, um, and that is an interesting, complicating factor in the workflow. Right, like some rooms, like the GP's wards. offices, are actually another good example, mm-hmm. and wards are a great example, which is um, they're they're rooms that people will bounce back to back and forth. Um, sometimes GPs will send someone to a ward, right? Which is like, you know, a long room filled with beds for like observation. We'll observe you for a while and see what's wrong for you with you. At the same time, there's people who are sick with something or other who have to go stay in a ward for a week to get cured. Right. Um, and so you're never quite sure. You're like, how many beds do we need on this ward? And now that we've made this giant funny shaped ward in this weird building, we've been given how many nurses do we need to staff it? Um, and I found a lot of satisfaction in the optimization puzzle of like, okay, yeah, I think I think this shape ward with ten beds and two nurses is better than a single ward with six beds and one nurse, right? Did you ever find an ideal? This was something I consistently struggled with a little bit, and I never quite figured out how to <laughs> the part of the interface where you're dealing with staffing and scheduling and stuff like that never quite felt easily parsable to me. Um. And so the thing I would run into a lot is particularly with specialty rooms, people would wander off and go off on break, which is mm-hmm. fine. But the problem is that a lot of times they would leave their post deserted. And even though there was another staffer there with the correct competencies that they could like service that post, it would just sit there empty. And it never... I never quite found a way that I was happy with ha- like automating that. Instead, I ended up doing a lot of frantically like realizing, wait a second, the light the the light the light headedness room is unstaffed. There's a queue forming outside of it. I need to grab the other doctor uh, who can work that machine and just like click and drag them into that room and drop them there. But that never felt great, and I never felt like I had a perfect handle on the exact like clockwork like rolling shifts that my staff were using yeah you know what if i eventually figured out as kind of a a lateral way of dealing with that is having a large research department and if i ever like ran into like us any kind of staffing crisis i would just pull people out of research and be like okay i'm gonna have you work over in this clinic for a second and it's going to slow down my research, but that's not anywhere near as bad as having your entire treatment pipeline get gummed up for any length of time. Like I would almost use the the research like research like room as like a holding, yeah, like a bullpen for like backup doctors. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, we're gonna give you we're gonna give you a job, uh, you know, looking in how to make our pharmacy a little bit uh, more efficient over here. It's a desk job, and you know maybe you'll get to do some surgery. Somewhere down the line, if we need you, just lock them in there with their consoles typing away. So, yeah, I uh, I had similar problems, Rob, with the workflow of managing staff and things like that. Especially once your hospital gets a little bigger, as you head towards like the optional two and three star objectives on these missions. So the the game is divided into various missions and. Each mission has its own sort of set of special things going on. Like, oh, maybe in this one, there's radioactive people and you have to figure out how gene therapy works, right? And I really think that that part of the game could use a good, succinct summary screen. Like, one of the things I really like in when I start playing a game like this and I click on the money button, right? Like, this is your money total and a 
big robust economics screen where I can see exactly where all the income and outflow is going happens. And that happened in this game. And I was, I like that, but it's so hard to manage staff, uh, especially when it comes to things like staff have levels. What level is, are all of my staff? Is this staff ready to be promoted and needs training to be promoted or do they just have an empty skill slot? And there's little elements of that. Like the promotion thing is partly, okay, yeah, staff gain XP. They also have competencies they develop. Um, but you also, when you promote them, you have to negotiate their new salary. And that affects their morale. But, like, I never had a really great handle on how important was morale, really, to, you know, I, mean, I didn't need everyone to be happy. Like, what I found far more important is just, were my doctors good? Because that was, boy, that was an area I discovered I should stop trying to save money. Um, yeah. A, like, this is, like, definitely <laughs> two-point hospital. <laughs> if it has a worldview, it is that skilled labor and experience, even in unskilled positions, what we call unskilled positions, is probably the single most important thing to a, like, soundly functioning organization. Like, the difference between if you, like, you'll, you'll be faced with, Sort of a rotating cast of people you can hire. So at any given moment when you need to staff a new position, you open up which doctors are available. And it's a little bit luck of the draw, but let's say you've got sort of your Rolls-Royce option, which is a doctor with like two advanced um, competencies. They're like specialists in uh, like two like special machines or treating certain kinds of conditions. And also just their basic competence is also very high. And so they're not only like a great doctor, but they're like a good switch hitting specialist. That doctor is hugely expensive. Mm -hmm. um, like we're talking, that doctor is going to run you the cost of an entire like advanced facility in your hospital. Right. You can go to the middling option, which is a perfectly good doctor, maybe one competency. And that's going to be significantly cheaper. And that's who I think your bread and butter is going to be are those doctors who are like, look, there's the thing they're good at. They're for the most part, not going to get people killed. They're fine. <laughs> and then there's that like third tier, like used crown Victoria. Level, right out of med like, school. Car. Yeah. Or <laughs> right out of, right out of med school from like, a developing world like tax haven country right like that's like that's the like that's where they just graduated is like isn't this a place mostly known for like fraud schemes yeah this is where this doctor's graduated okay and this doctor will come in very low competency no real specialties but they're cheap as hell like a third of the price yeah if that like compared to that compared to that rolls royce option they're like a tenth you know, like they're so yeah. cheap, they will one hundred percent get people killed. Like, yep, right and left, it's <laughs> going to yep. happen. Like people who like like conditions you did not think could be fatal in this game will die with those doctors. People with like verbal diarrhea will just drop dead in on the floor in your hospital. Yeah, and so like, but th that same logic kind of applies even to janitors. Uh, who do, like, maintenance tasks, right? Like, right. if you, like, get the shitty janitor, A, uh, they're just going to be, like, their their work efficiency is going to be slow as hell. But B, when, like, critical facilities go down for maintenance, a good a good janitor, good, like, physical plan operator comes in, get its, get its, gets it stood right back up, lickety-split, you barely miss a beat. A, if, you, if you skimp on these people... You'll see your pharmacy go offline for like hours, and again, yeah, people are not getting treated uh, right. during that phase, and it becomes a rolling disaster because the repair time is spiked so high that other machines are starting to break down while the first machine is being repaired, and the next thing you know, you've got an entire staff that can't do their jobs because a fully a third of your facilities are down, and. Gomer Pyle is over there just like beating, <laughs> beating on something on the ranch. And that is, that, that's what I think uh, one of the more entertaining areas of this game is like, that's a trade-off I can easily understand. Those parts of the trade-offs are very readable to me. But then when you add in that layer of, 
okay, well, your doctors gain more experience. How happy do you want to make them? Uh, my view is like, I want to make them happy enough that they stay. Beyond that, I'm not really sure I care. <laughs> yeah, um, I felt like the only time I ever gave someone was a, a raise when was when they literally threatened to quit and gave like a 10-day ultimatum. They were like, if I'm not happy in 10 days, I will quit. And I'm like, okay, fine, have a raise. Which should it, teach you a lot about labor relations. It it does, <laughs> and I feel like uh, maybe now that I'm now that we're saying this, it's possible that um, there is some relationship between staff happiness and their actual efficiency that I missed in this well, game. But if I did miss it, it wasn't a significant enough effect because I did great on plenty of missions. Well, what I found eventually ends up being the solution to having, you know, all these kind of, you know, quacks brought in at low cost is, you know, eventually the game will, will encourage you to start setting up like a training program mm-hmm. where you can have, you know, your hotshot surgeon teach everyone else how to be a hotshot surgeon. And all of a sudden you have like four hotshot surgeons to the point that, you know, at it, it, my like higher level hospitals i had doctors where pretty much all they did was teach other doctors um and and you do that's that's almost kind of like you're in the end game now when you when you get to that point because if you're diligent about it you can have an entire staff of badasses it just takes time to to train them up to that level and i hated messing with that interface is the thing like i yeah dealing with the whole setting up lessons thing was just not fun for me. Like it was useful, but, and so this is, this is the other issue with this game. And I I think it's a big issue. Like I think the core mode, like what you're going to spend 85% of your time in two point hospital doing is going to be some really satisfying, like base building stuff, right? Like if you really enjoy the satisfying, like plop, of buildings in SimCity or City Skylines and just a enjoyable sense of physicality as you move these little hapless uh, idiots around your around around your hospital. It's charming and fun and breezy in in a lot of good ways. Editing these layouts is uh, like quite literally a snap. Editing them well is nightmarish, but you can it's very easy to edit the shapes of rooms and and move things around a little bit. But where the game tended to fall down for me a little bit were in those secondary or tertiary systems like, you know, scheduling breaks, staff rotation, and scheduling lessons for staff. Those all those menus, all those inter, all those interfaces felt functional, but Never enjoyable in the way anything else in the game was. Yeah, uh, I found my house self having to do like little memory hacks where I'd be like, okay, who needs training? Right, Amanda, Jimmy, and Tom. And like I would just repeat that to myself over and over as I like then went to find the training interface to open up the training to find those three people and be like, wait, what did I want to train them in again? Right, it's sort of small issues like that uh, cropped up over time. Just little quality of life stuff. When the when the game first launched, it uh, requires you to individually place every object in each new room, right? It now has a copy rooms function. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was actually a huge complaint of mine when the, when the game first came out. Uh, I was like, okay, I'm going to take a break from this until they sort of fix this. Um, so I think that it's small stuff, for the most part, are my major issues with the game. Uh, I feel really similarly to you on especially the subject of the staff training stuff, just staff management. Could you actually schedule breaks? Not really. It just seemed like they took breaks whenever they wanted. Yeah. Yeah, there, it would have been really nice if there was a way to set up actual shifts. That that probably would have made things tremendously better. Um, and you know, the same the same issues with like tr- the, the training interface also come up. Like Eventually you can hire a marketing department, which uh i you know is a weird thing to think that a hospital would have a marketing department but that, that is that is the world of two point hospital um well that's and, our world homie and it, it and it's our world too yeah but it's it, yeah that it's a very similar interface you know in terms of how how it's all set up it's it's definitely something where a little bit of giving you more control over the scheduling could have gone a long way cuz you could have been sure okay yeah we have 
you know, this guy who can fill in if, if you know, so-and-so has to go on break or, um, you know, if, if, you know, we need, we need a go, we need a night ghost buster. If, <laughs> if our other ghost buster is off getting a sandwich or something like, and we, yeah. we don't want people getting spooked and stuff like that. So, yeah, it like for me, I just felt like it needed some kind of task prioritization or scheduling tool like RimWorld has or something where I could easily just right. like see blocks of time and like have people roll on, roll off. And I could never quite figure out the functionality to accomplish that. And so it was this constant like watching some clown like well no they're little, little literal clowns in this game so that's a bad example yeah, like watching like, like watching some asshole just like walk away from a machine with a full queue of patients and just like go whistling along to the break room like yeah. nothing has yes. ever made me and the, want and to stand no someone against up. the wall yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah the uh you you can specialize and be like, okay, you're literally only allowed to work surgeries, right? You could say that yeah. for specific staff, but then you'd get situations where you're like, okay, I have three doctors and three surgical nurses who are literally allowed to do nothing else in this hospital but use the bathroom, eat, and do <laughs> surgeries. And you would still have situations where, like, okay, I have three surgeries and 12 people waiting to get surgery, and one of them is occupied right now. Like, where the fuck is the rest of the staff, and what are they doing? And I think this points to one of the paradoxes of a game like this. One of the reasons a game like this is fun, particularly this game, is that it is full of these frictions. This is a game that is at its best when things are falling apart just a little bit, or just starting to wobble out of equilibrium, and you got to somehow get it put back together before it's like before it falls over. Once it falls over, uh, that can also be a little bit fun. Uh, though usually that also means you have to watch a bit of a free fall for a little bit before you can ride the ship. But this is a game that by design and by necessity can't operate too smoothly because then there's nothing for you to do. It runs into that. It runs into a problem that, I think Tropico games sometimes suffer from, a lot of management games suffer from, where once you've set up your machine, what is there for you to do? What role do you have in this? It doesn't need you anymore. Two right. Hospital creates all these little ways to basically make sure that you are needed. But it's weird because the ways you're needed make it feel like it is fighting. Like in every other aspect, you have this godlike power over the hospital. And I suppose even your ways of solving this are a bit godlike, where you're literally like grabbing people off the ground and like throwing them into a room <laughs> to get back to work. But what you're left like deeply yearning for is the kind of the kind of scheduling sheet that every like fast food joint in America has somewhere, you know, taped <laughs> to a wall. Yeah. Like, yeah. Literally, I would kill for something like that. Yeah. I do like I do like the way Two Point does it better than something like Cities Skylines, where the main way they keep you from ever achieving equilibrium is that you have three bars for industry, commercial, and uh, residential, and they're just hard coded to never like you're never gonna get all three of them down to zero. Like that, I don't I I find significantly less compelling than the way Two Point does it, hmm. where it's a little bit more nuanced and a little bit more tangible because. Yeah, I do think it's kind of it, it's it's kind of a bad strategy game if you can ever completely just solve it and walk away. Um and I I don't know that I I'm trying to think if there's a game that I would point to that has solved that design problem really really well and I'm not sure if there is one within the sphere of like sim management type games because they are about, you know, they're they're about optimization but they don't want you to ever 100% be able to optimize anything. And, and a lot of times there have to be these kind of like cheat or hack sort of ways of preventing that from, from ever fully from the ship, from ever fully writing itself. Well, I think the way you solve that is you make the balancing act so hellaciously difficult that automating it 
becomes in itself something that very few players will ever be able to successfully do for a long period, right? Like, I think to um, the Anno series a little bit, building those, like, really delicate scaffolds of inputs and outputs and, like, hierarchies of citizens. Uh, Those are incredibly difficult to optimize once you've optimized them effectively they do run themselves but there are so many places where that system can sort of wobble off its axis and fall over and they're hard to immediately identify it's not like you just walk some see someone walk off the job and everything goes to hell immediately they fall apart in slow motion and so you have to be really good at like identifying the inefficiencies in your system what is causing them to go wrong that's the solution but then i think the The problem there is that solution gives you so much frustration on the way to that place, right? There are so many people who are never going to get there because it's always going to feel like, look, just give me, just give me some ability to drive a fucking truck over there with the, with the goods that are piling (laughs) up in the warehouse and we'll get this done. So I think it, to a degree, I think this is one of those problems in the space that is almost impossible to solve for all people. I think two points is one of the least offensive solutions, but it definitely does feel like there's certain places where they just kind of deliberately hobble you. And it's a bit, you know, good luck with this. Is is this when we should talk about the the great hobbling that occurs sort of uh, after you've been playing the game for, I don't know how, probably 12 or 13 hours. I feel like you make it to this point. Um, Dig into it. All right. So, at at a sort of midway point in the campaign, I want to say I hit it like I don't know, fifteen hours in. Um, they give you a public hospital to run. Oh, that was such a bad. It's such a cool idea, but it was such a bad implementation of it. It can be. It's a pretty oh. painful mission, and I have seen people be like, "Yeah, that this was a fun game, but I quit. Like, I'm not going to do this yeah. mission." Um, and the the way the public hospital works is you no longer make money from anything. Right. Everything in the hospital is free. Like the vending machines are fucking free. Um, the cafeteria or whatever you build is free. Right. So at that point, you're only building those things to keep people happy while they're waiting for for their appointments. Um, the only way you make money at the public hospital is by uh, achieving public like fun, like public goals. Right. Like an extra set of challenges and missions on top of the game's challenge admission system. Um, and it it was like painful. Like you, they teach you a bunch of skills and then suddenly they're like, Oh, by the way, none of those are relevant anymore. And you need to relearn how to play this game. Well, and it was like the, the, the funding milestones, a lot of times would be like unclog 10 toilets. And I'm just picturing like my, my hospital administrator having to go, you know, to the national health service to get funding. It's like, yeah, we have uh, we really need to open up a surgery wing. We have a lot of people, uh, coming in that need you know life saving surgery and they're like well how clean are your toilets and it's like well they're they're clean we we've kept them clean it's just they don't get clogged often enough for us to check off your little uh, toilet unclogging uh, ledger thing that for some reason our funding is contingent on that was it was really yeah. one of the worst missions despite being like I saw public hospitals like oh this is gonna be fun this is gonna be different and then it's like water ten plants to get your funding from the, the, the health service. And it's yeah, like, and you're like, shit, I better put some plants in the hospital. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm just going to spam plants because eventually they'll need to be watered. So I'm well, just you already put spam plants. plants true. True. They are, they are like, yeah. Not if you the... run the concrete hellscape of a hospital that I run. <laughs> awesome. You're, yeah. Uh, you're basically running high rise, uh, in there. Um, yeah, the challenge is, are extremely challenging, but I found them sort of consistently to be maybe, I I don't know, for the most part, since they were usually presented as optional goals, I found them really not worth it to go after. Um, And so that, that I didn't get to the public hospital mission. Uh, That sounds nightmarish. If it's all, if if that is your only funding mechanism, that's nightmarish because the goals are always, (sighs) They're like barely achievable if you've like perfectly optimized your hospital, but usually what you really want to do to achieve them is you're going to have to like crash revise some aspect of your hospital. You're going to have to 
to hit the marks that the the milestones they want you to hit you're going to have to burn some of your plans or even like burn some of your facilities change your layout a little bit so you can service this one like short-term need it's all very um like the Caesar games, those city builders where you'd have those missions like issued and you just have to like clear cut sections of your city in order to fulfill the goals. This game operates according to similar logic where it's like, okay, uh, you know, we are all, we run a therapy hospital now. It's all about psychology for, for the next 20 minutes. Everything yeah. we do is about psychology. General practice practitioners, Get out. We need your office space. It's all shrinks. And I I ended up, like, scrapping a lot of those challenges because I I was going to be damned if I was going to mess up my beautiful ship in a bottle uh, for, the, for these challenges. So the idea of then having to fund my entire hospital through these really arbitrary and, like, genuinely tricky uh, milestone goals... Boy, does that seem that that seems like a pretty brutal heel turn for this game? Yeah, it, it's it's really rough. It's a hard. I mean, I guess once you played it for that long, you might be hankering for like, yeah, I wish this was harder in some specific yeah. way. Um, but it's weird because to that point, the game had done a good job of making things harder by introducing a new mechanic that you had to deal with or a new type of room you needed to find room for in a, a new hospital layout. Um, that even, said, it didn't kill the game for me, right? Like, I did keep playing. I came back for more. <laughs> well, it, yeah, and I feel like I'm used to that at this point, too. Like, I'm even, you know, if you're build, playing a city builder, it's kind of the same thing where the, as much as you try to, like, plan out your metropolis from, like, the moment that you, you like, load into a new map, you're always going to end up having to rearrange stuff because it's all going to be cramped together with you know all different zoning in in a very tight space, and then eventually that's not going to make sense anymore. And you're going to have to bulldoze a bunch of stuff, and I found that end up being the case with most of my hospitals as well, where it's like, yeah, when I can only afford one building, I'm going to have employee facilities and marketing and research and treatment and diagnostics all in one building. But what I'm eventually going to want when I can afford to buy all the buildings on the map is to have, you know, this, you know, all of my specialist treatment facilities in one building and like all of my reception and diagnosis in one building. And then, you know, I'm going to have one building maybe that's just wards like that ended up being more efficient. And there is a lot of that, like tearing stuff out and rearranging to get it to a point where it actually makes sense with the amount of space and the amount of money that you build up to. Was that more yeah. efficient, though? Because I felt like every time I went for the whole, like, Stalinist command economy model of a hospital, <laughs> what ended up happening is that the pipeline connected the various hubs never had the throughput to effectively treat people. Like, so I would have, like, massive banks of wards and massive, like, banks of, uh, like, treatment machines. And what ended up happening, to me at least, is there were just too many people basically getting mired in the hallways or in the waiting rooms and in the anterooms around these, these spaces uh, to effectively get treated because some of these conditions come in and you're basically on a timer. They only got so long before the, between when they walk into the hospital and start getting treatment before things go terminal. And so when, it, when it, like I kept chasing that, I kept chasing that dragon of like, no, I'm going to get rid of this like cottage scale into this cottage industry scale hospital. And I'm going to go to the vast, you know, <laughs> you know, the, the vast industrial model of hospitalization right. and it always burned me. So over time, I felt like I discovered like, okay, turns out every building needs a nice waiting room. Yes. Right. Every building. And in this way, you're, we talked about this game as Tetris earlier. Um, and that's very true, right? You're tetrising together all these little uh, rooms, but you're also trying to use the negative space that's left as effectively as possible. So yes. it turns out, like, the hospital's nicer when there's wider hallways where you can fit some benches in next, next to rooms that, you know, there's only ever two or three people waiting to be treated for lightheadedness. So 
you should definitely put that room somewhere where there's a wide hallway and you can just put that the waiting area for that room right next to the room. But then other rooms, you're like, okay, well, let's use this building and build it as like a hub and spokes where we've got as many rooms as possible with a direct door onto this larger waiting room where we've got magazines and televisions and video games and gift shops. Um, and like the traffic flow element, for me at least, I think, 10 or so hours in, I was like really pleasantly surprised to be dealing with it. Right. Like, I don't know, Rob, you're talking about it. Like I really wanted to make this work. And suddenly this, uh, like this traffic flow and human movement aspect was an unpleasant surprise. But for me, I was like, Oh, oh no, hell yes. No, 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 no. I, I should be clear. It was an unpleasant surprise because it basically fucked up my plans. Okay, like, okay. <laughs> it was an unpleasant surprise when like people were dropping dead before ever like reaching the vast farms of hospital beds I had prepared right. for them. That was where I was starting to run into problems. But like what I found was the best thing to do was a bit more. I suppose what you're what you're talking about, where it was a bit more hub, like main hub, spoking out to smaller hubs, right. was kind of the model I ended up settling on and so i ended up having a lot of slightly even like slightly redundant facility layouts uh just because like sometimes people are going to end up in a different part of the hospital for a different facility but they're still going to need wards and i need to have wards in that part of the hospital as well yeah just to make sure that you know what i mean like there were certain places where like a wing of the hospital needed to sort of reproduce facilities that were available elsewhere just to guarantee that there would be a quick uh turnaround in that wing and not some sort of like batan death march from you know <laughs> ward a yeah. to um you know one of the uh you know surgical rooms no you're right after a while i was at the point where i i would zoom all the way out and like literally observe where mm -hmm. where patients entered the map on the sidewalk yes. outside of the hospital <laughs> i'm like all right we're gonna build a reception as close as possible to this point right like and uh yeah. i was trying to build efficient workflows. And I liked that they didn't end up looking like pyramids. They were more like spider webs. Um, they were more sort of cobwebby and interconnected where like, well, I have a really small reception over here by this stuff. And then most people are going to get routed to the central GP's office. And I started, you know, you start to figure out stuff like, Oh, well these in stage diagnosis things like these giant MRI machines that people actually really rarely need to go to. By the time they make it to those, it turns out they have something horrific. So I'm going to put that right next to surgery and right next to uh, the most expensive high-end therapy rooms. Um, There's an important detail. And I, I love figuring that all out. Also, just so you know, like, again, why, why is layout so hard, Rob? Well, <laughs> a lot of facilities require double-wide doors. And oh, God. So the thing is, like, to get into a GP's office, you just need a normal human door. But a yep. lot of facilities need to be able to accommodate a cart and the attending physicians and the equipment, and they all need to go through together. You need a big old door into the wards, for instance. Those beds need to be able to be wheeled out and in. That's yep. at least the theory, which means that the needs for what your hallways look like and the need needs for access points to rooms changes depending on what you've built. And if you are trying to maximize every like square foot of space – it is very easy to end up building like murderous bottlenecks uh, yeah. around some of your facilities. And so I think that like, you know, that didn't occur to me, John. Um, maybe I should also just start embracing wide hallways as a rule and like using the access space yeah. for, for uh, lobbies. I learned that after I went into like a horrible cash death spiral when I was like, I'm going to build this giant ward. I only need one ward. Nobody needs any more than a single ward. There's going to be 20 beds in this ward and four nurses. And I put this gigantic ward in and I put the entrance to that ward right next to the entrance to the building. I was like, yeah, they'll just walk over from G from diagnosis and reception. They'll get in there. Everything will be great. Um, and that was like a really sharp turn into a one tile wide hallway because I crammed a bunch of other stuff in that building too in the tiny little bit of space that was left. Um, and then I had this giant, I had this huge bottleneck there and I was like, yeah, it'll be fine. Whatever. People keep bumping into each other in the hallway. It doesn't matter. Um, then someone died right there and the, the resulting ghost just creates a wave of insanity in my hospital where people are running in every direction. They get, they don't get treated anymore because I, I genius. am like, my hospital is so effective. I do not need a janitor who can take care of ghosts. <laughs> I was wrong. 
extremely <laughs> wrong. And no. there, I mean, there's like, there's ectoplasm puddles mixed with vomit everywhere in this <laughs> tiny hallway. People are trying to get back and forth. The janitors are trying to clean it up. Everyone is miserable. And then like the health inspector shows up. Oh no. <laughs> like it, it's like a I, sitcom I, where you're trying to hide exactly. dead people in their own vomit, like yeah. trying to push them under benches and shit. Oh. Yeah, I, it, it's very much. I uh, my life was way better when I was like, you know what, two tile hallway is the way. Oh yeah, yeah. No, my 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 life got in like extremely better when I made that rule of two tiles excluding benches. Like if there's a bench on each side, you need two tiles free between the benches. And that that just made everything way better. But it's <laughs> it's it, it's interesting to me to hear that you guys uh, adopted this method of like having redundant facilities to cut down on wait times. Because the way I prioritized my resources, which actually worked out okay in the end, um, in most cases, is that I I tried to have no redundancy whatsoever. And these fools can just walk if they have to walk all the way across my facility to get to their their specialty treatment center, uh, they can do it. And yeah, I, I had some near misses. I had some people who didn't quite make it to treatment and I had to send a Ghostbuster over. But that was like, my my priority was always having like only the exact number of each facility that I actually needed. And, you know, if if you had to run a marathon to get... To hell with get the your, rest. Yeah, exactly. So basically you just accepted a certain attrition rate. And yeah, more or less. You had Ghostbusters for the rest. As all good as all good generals do, I accepted that that we would take an acceptable You're a number doctor, of losses. TJ. That's what that's what you were <laughs> you were not you were not a general. You were actually hey, quite the opposite. You know, I was, you know, I was in I was in the Red Army before you know, during the war, and then you know, I had to transition into medical uh, a medical field when I was not needed in that capacity anymore. So you know. Yeah, I um yeah, I probably yeah, I, I probably could have taken a slightly more liberal attitude to accept to acceptable losses, uh, you know, in, in this game. But John, a moment ago, you mentioned something that I really identified with, and it's something I really like about this game. There are a lot of managers, um, game management games, not managers, but there are a lot of management games that at least offer, like, notionally, this idea that. You can watch the system run and follow people on their progress through the system and sort of see how the workflows and routing and um, you know resource hierarchies you built are functioning in, in reality. But for the most part, I don't find those tend to work super brilliantly. Like I don't find doing that in Surviving Mars very informative, to be honest. I don't I don't really get a lot out of watching anything that happens in surviving Mars or Tropico. Right. I'm better off just sort of staring at bottom line numbers. How is this, is this building up or down? That's, that's what I need to know. Yep. But in two point hospital, it is a very satisfying sort of managerial intimacy. You start developing with the space. Like I found myself doing the same thing where eventually I started, like I stopped just staring at rooms functioning and I just started following people through the entire process, right? It was like a very special episode of ER or like Scrubs, right? Where it's like, you know, okay, we're looking at three special cases today. What happens to each of them when they come into this place? And that told me so much about how the place is actually functioning. And there are so few management games that sort of give you that consultant's eye view of things where you just have right. to like forget the theory. Look at what is happening when people walk into this fucking place, is the person working a reception desk an idiot? You aren't going to see that if you're, you know what I mean? You're not going to see that if you're just staring at, is it staffed? That's not going to tell you whether or not you've got bad staff. Right. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I found that is a really cool aspect of this game. There are not many management games that have pulled that off. That's an astute observation. Yeah. If this game has one great strength, it is that they, completely nailed the scale of it it is yeah. never so big as to be incomprehensible except in some some aspects we pointed out like staff management can get tricky sometimes but like you're never going to have more than a hundred or so patients in your hospital you'll always sort of be able to figure out 
what's going on, where those people are going. Like if you look at an individual, you're like, oh man, this guy, we've gotten some, you know, bad random number generator roles on this guy. And he's bounced back and forth between five different diagnoses. And he's toast if we don't figure out immediately what's wrong with him. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was going to say is I think it is a scale thing. Like if you have someone in your surviving Mars colony, especially mid late game, who's just really terrible at their job. It's probably like in, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that big a deal. And also following any individual colonist is going to give you like, it's going to give you one data point out of so, so, so many that make up your colony that it's not really a meaningful way to spend your time. Whereas in two point hospital, you know, following a single patient through the treatment process or following a single, you know, staffer to see what they're up to is a meaningful data point because the scale is dialed in exactly where it should be for this type of game. Um, so one last thing I want to sh- shout out here. While the humor didn't do it for me a ton in this game, I really liked the music. This was just kind of a fun, yeah. chill game to hang out in. Yeah, the, the ridiculous hospital muzak that's not actually like terrible <laughs> to listen to. You're like, yeah, this is kind of fun, right? Yeah, it like faded into the background, but also like it was just enough of a bop that you were like, yep, here I am, just kind of building my <laughs> hospital. Oh man, I need to hire an ace janitor because things are going wrong in the back. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. When people start dying, you're just like, oh man, I gotta fix that. You're not panicking about it. So Yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. This is a pleasant surprise. Like I the hu- for me the humor was a hurdle to get over. But I ended up liking the game quite a bit more than I liked th- the theme and end up coming down pretty thoroughly on the side of like if you like management games, particularly like games that with an emphasis on the nitty gritty of management, I think Two Point Hospitals among the best of the breed, and that's kind of where where I'm at. Uh, where where have y'all where have y'all come down? I was really satisfied with it. It's definitely um, for certain reasons. It's in my front runners. Like, yeah, this is this is a strategy game of the year contender this year for me. Um, its price point is incredibly hard to argue with. Like it's a, I think it's a $35 game. It's really difficult to say that it's a bad game at that price point. I probably, I could have paid $50 for this game and I would be happy right now. Yeah. I I really enjoyed it as well. Um, I, I think I gave it an 84 and, um, I, I'm not sure I would say strategy game of the year, but I think it's definitely the the, best, best, best in breed um of this type of game you know for for quite a while it's worth saying for me also that the humor did hit hit home for me like i kind of enjoy this like tongue-in-cheek twee garbage that's in this game it, it makes me laugh <laughs> well, at least like, you're I'm, honest about it that's i'm not fun. gonna pretend i'm not gonna pretend it's not funny to me yeah i did i was i guess i'm kind of right between you guys like it didn't it wasn't a plus or a minus for me, really. The humor was just kind of there. You know, honestly, it's probably the right decision. If they'd gone in a more bullfrog direction with it and skewed just a little bit darker, I would have enjoyed yeah. it. But then you would have literally had a game where it's like, <laughs> the bodies are stacking up in the back. You fucked up healthcare. And yeah. like, you know, for me, like for me, that's a joke. But here's their thing. Like when I got Two Point Hospital, uh, when I first started playing it, I had just gotten through this like entire medical gauntlet that included a doctor that I'm like 90% sure was incompetent. And so, yeah. like, when I started playing it, I was in this place of, like, uh, like, this is, boy, this is bringing, this is reminding me of, of some shit. And so, probably erring on the side of, like, twee garbage is probably the right move because yeah. there are, you, you never know who's going to be playing this or what just happened in their lives. Uh, Two Point Hospital is a game that has to stay at a pretty long arm's length uh, from the reality of the thing it's, it's about. Um, yep. oh man, this doctor I had though, y- y'all, you would not believe, you would not believe just like doctor, doctor B, like I would explain symptoms and then the doctor would start telling me stories about like members of their family who've like had similar stuff and just like, so do you think that could be it? And I'm like, I don't know. And she's like, well, what if I just sucked your gallbladder out? What if we just went 
and pulled it right out. And I was like, do we think that's it? And she was like, probably. Are there tests for that? Yeah, but I don't think we need them. Like, it was that level of, like, <laughs> suggesting what significant surgery just, like, on spec. It was, it was a mess. It was the most two-point hospital thing I've ever had happen to me. Yeah, you're uh, kind of lucky will. you didn't walk out of there with, like, a turtle for a head or something. This is, what, yeah, this is 100% is someone who would have scheduled you for, like, unnecessary surgery that would not have fixed shit. Uh, like, dude, I had an ulcer. I had an ulcer. And the first suggestion was, like, we should just yank that gallbladder out, right? That's probably it. Okay. All right. Anyway, so, so yeah, like, two-point hospital. Humor didn't quite do it for me, but on the other hand, I'm not sure I could handle a game that skewed, that hews a little more closely to the realities of the medical world and the medical profession. Uh, all right, so that will do it for this week. We'll be back next week with more strategy discussion. Three Moves Ahead is produced, as always, by Michael Hermes and is hosted on the Idle Thumbs Network, uh, which is booming these days since they got hired by Valve and the Valve thing is happening. Uh, shout out to Idle Thumbs. Love you guys. Miss you. Uh, you can learn more about the show and discuss this episode with our community at threemovesahead.net or follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash 3MA. Finally, Three Moves Ahead is supported by listeners just like you on Patreon. You can learn more at patreon.com slash 3MA. Anyway, we'll be back next week with another episode of Three Moves Ahead. Until then, for TJ and for John, and not Fraser, even though I had him here in my notes, but he he didn't make it. Uh, For TJ and for John, this is Rob Zachney saying goodnight.